Hi, I'm Eric Wallace, showrunner of The Flash, and you are listening to The Flash Podcast. It's awesome, 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 awesome. Welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all the CW's The Flash, starring Grand Gus and Ath Baron, aka The Flash. I'm on the host, NB, as always. If I sound a little bit weird, it's because I'm I'm recovering from a cold I had last week, so it's all good. And uh, with me tonight, as always, is Tatiana and Breeze. Hi, ladies, here tonight. Hey. Hey. Hi, everyone. Hi, we're back for season six. It's finally here. Uh, we're literally 24 hours away from, you know, it's been 24 hours since the premiere aired, and there's so much to discuss. Uh, by the way, for anyone who's listening right now, for, you know, if, um, who heard the little bumper at the beginning, that was, um, showrunner and executive producer Eric Wallace, um, introducing the Flash podcast to you as our, one of our new bumpers. Uh, He was so kind and gracious to... To do this because I I I asked I told him that I was gonna ask him at Comic Con this year, but I, you know, Comic Con is Comic Con, so of course I forgot. And he was so nice to do it over and send it over to me. So it's nice to how it's nice now to have uh, Eric introducing the show, and um, we hope you know, hopefully 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 we may have him on the podcast maybe sometime this season. So um so there you go. So there's not any news to discuss. We're just gonna jump right into this episode. So let's so let's get into episode one of season six called "Into the Void," and we're gonna do something. Yeah, di- let's go into the void. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna do a little bit different this season, and um, because you know, I want to make you know, there's this is something we do on the Times podcast actually is that it, on, at the beginning of each discussion, we all, we always list who wrote the episode where you can find them on social media so they kind of you know, gave them some promotion a little shout out and also who directed the episode so the episode was, was co-written by eric wallace who's the new showrunner as i said and you can find him at e wrote and, and it was co-written by kelly wheeler who you can find at kw wheeler and the episode was directed Ooh. by uh, gregory smith who's done you know several episodes of the Arrowverse. Uh, so i believe the- he actually did into Flash into Flash time. He did, yeah, I believe that's and he's done a, a couple of air episodes. So he and I know he's I know he works within the Berlandi family. So there you go. We have a lot lots of things to discuss. So I'm going to hand over to Tana to kick it off with the A storyline. Yes, um, I actually don't know what the A storyline was, but I decided that it was <laughs> Barry and Iris grieving the loss of Nora. And I say lost because, like, erasure from existence is just, like, a convoluted situation. So, uh, the story picks up right when 
you know, Nora disappeared and Barry and Iris were watching her video, but then there's like a huge blackout and stuff happens and the video is destroyed. So now they have like nothing left of Nora. It's so sad. Fast forward to four months later and Barry's like, we are doing so great. We cannot wait to get back to practicing to have another child and that child will replace Nora and it'll be awesome and we will not be sad at all. And meanwhile, Bear, uh, Iris is like, I'm a little bit sad, but Barry seems not sad and also overworking Cisco. So obviously everything is great. I will go dig through trash to find Nora's jacket. Oh, wait, I have been prevented from that. Now I've lost Nora's jacket and I'm super sad. Thankfully, Cecile's mind reading powers are here to look out for me and tell me to grieve. And so then Barry realizes that he has been in denial and he needs to process his grief so that then Iris can also process hers and they can lean on each other and face the future together, except the future is only like four months because then the monitor comes and it's like, you're going to die so bad. You're going to die so bad. So there you go. That's the A story. What were your thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns? Breeze. Yeah. So I have to say, I absolutely love this part of the episode. I'm so happy that they gave them time to grieve. I thought their portrayals were very realistic, especially the way, you know, as as a couple, you know, you have Barry kind of suppressing his emotion and, like, just acting like a total nutcase. Like, we're Team Flash. He keeps saying over and over again, just kind of, like, completely traumatized and repressing it. And then you have Iris, who's kind Mm -hmm. of isolated in her own emotions there and, so many sad scenes, um, but I thought this more so than any other aspect of the episode uh, really stood out, and I'm glad that uh, they tackled this at the front of the season. Yeah, for me, I this. I mean, again, I I love that we. Yes, I, do tell us your feelings. Yeah, I'm always happy when they go a little bit deeper into how Baron Iris feels at you know as characters. And for me, like, I wasn't surprised at all that Barry was, I wouldn't say it was in denial. I think he was just trying to suppress what was going on and right. what had happened. And, you know, and we've talked about it on the show before that you know, there's been times where we don't feel that Iris has always gotten to feel or express what mm-hmm. she's actually feeling. So I'm, right. glad, I'm glad that it didn't take long for us to actually get to see her. Like how damaged she was from that, because you know, of course, who wouldn't be, who wouldn't mm-hmm. be damaged? Especially, you know, like, I mean, I never knew that a purple jacket would get me so messed up as I, as it did. I, I when I was lying to you, I wrote something in the form of like, if I see one more purple jacket this for this during this rest of the week, I may have a breakdown. So, no, I am. I thought, oh. no, I thought her moment with with Cecilia was so was so sweet, and it was just so. I mean, Candace Patton, she k- crushed it in this episode twice. And because, you know, because at this point, Cecile is like, the, you know, the mother figure she never had. And she could actually, you know, just be be herself. And then, you know, when she gets to have that moment with Barry, it's just, again, this is why I love this relationship so much in the Arrowverse. Because I feel like they are, not only do they feel like a real couple, like how they would actually emotionally deal with something like this, but also how they would deal with each other. I, I really appreciate the fact that they, you know, they, 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 they continue to be as, as, as mature as we've come to know and love them as. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was powerful. I thought it was 
definitely something that this premiere really needed uh, because you know, we, you know yeah because i because i wasn't sure how if we were gonna stick to the the may time period you know when at right after nora disappear i didn't right. know that it was only gonna be for like we heard that we were gonna pick it up immediately but we didn't know it was gonna for that last exactly so i um um yeah, I, I would say it was it was well written, well executed by Granny Caddis as always and I Yeah. I, I kinda I kinda hope that this is and I know this sounds a little bit a little bit crappy, I kinda hope that we are we will still see the loss of Nora be addressed a little bit here and there, because now I know that you know because of what the monitor did at the end he's you know, that that's gonna be on their minds quite a lot. But I kinda hope right. that still that Every once in a while, before we get to crisis, they do kind of touch upon you know the fact that Nora is gone, and that's what they're feeling now. And yeah, I mean, I would hope they would even even just because now they might not have another opportunity to have a child, you know. Exactly. And if they do, Iris will be raising her alone, or him alone, or them alone. Yeah. So, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. But, Teddy, what, I do, you, what totally, do you think? Hmm? What do you think about? Yes, it? I totally agree um, with you guys' perspective. Like the thing that I really loved about it is that you can see, um, like, like you said, you can see Iris's perspective throughout, even though Barry wasn't addressing it. You could also see his, like the focus was on the fact that he wasn't addressing it. So it proved that you can actually let Iris voice her point of view without cutting out Barry's, you know, like in the past, it's been like Iris has been cut out. Like you mentioned in like the early seasons and in the last few seasons, they kind of fixed that. But now you see that you can have that balance with both of them, even if they themselves aren't communicating at that moment. And I really liked how um, it wasn't like Iris wasn't having to like be Barry's sole support or vice versa. She actually got support from another quarter, like Cecile, and then they both agreed that they were going to work together, that they were going to like, you know, deal with their feelings and look towards their future together, which I thought was really nice. Um, I also liked how um, this isn't particularly part of the plot, but I loved how we got to see Iris actively driving the villain plot of the week or the not so villain plot, if you will, of the week and finding information, bringing it to light for the team and also um, helping put the pieces together. So I thought that was really nice that we see her occupied and we see her ac active in the storyline aside from just being the emotional core, which she often is and which Candace does so well. This episode was definitely another piece of proof that Candace is one of the strongest actors on the show and has also just, I don't even want to say improved so much because that makes it sound like she was ever not good. She's always been good, but she's been consistently growing as an actress and oh, yeah. growing with Iris. And so I love that for her. And like you said, uh, you know, Grant also had like the more, not necessarily difficult task, but like that different task of having to internalize it, right? So us knowing what Bear is going through without him act outwardly showing it. And he did a really good job of that too. Yeah, because so. because there's always that there's always a dangerous that dangerous path of, you know, if you know whenever because we've seen Barry before kind of get a little bit mellow and I mean get a little more funky and kind of try to be very, very optimistic and so on. And I remember in uh, two twenty two when he after he came out of the speed force he was kind of like like uh, you know like Speedy Jesus, whatever it was they call him in season four, but he, 
<laughs> yes. But but this time I think that you, in that in that way you know, it kind of came up a little you know a little bit wrong in that in that episode in season two. But this time like, it felt like okay this feels more natural. This feels like okay. I can see myself doing that. You know, like, you know, even maybe not maybe not losing a daughter from the future, but you know, you know, it, it doesn't something like this. You know, having lost a child, whether it is for you know. You know, you could take out the whole future part of so that's just a, like a you know, in many ways it could be a metaphor, like applying it to real life. But you know, losing a child like that, I could see a parent in in you know initially trying to suppress themselves and so on with, without being an asshole. So, yeah, that's kind of what I appreciate with this episode that it was you know that Barry was you know yes he he felt the way he did, um, but he but he never came up as crappy in any way you know there's different ways of right it wasn't like he was being unsupportive or like he was even being yeah i guess they showed that he was being oblivious even towards like cisco's needs etc but he also it was i don't know it was like not positive but totally understandable i guess if you will right everyone's like oh barry instead of being deeply upset but but yeah i I I feel like I I I this was one of the you know best West Island episodes, um, and I I'm really look I I, I kind of look forward to see where where they're gonna go now um you know this year uh, in their marriage because of you know of what the modern should we should we talk about the modern right now or should we just wait till the end like how do you guys want to do this? I feel like. Part of the Barry and I are story, yeah. but but if we wanna like if we wanna keep it as the cap, what do you think, Breeze? Um, I think we can just talk about it now because I do think it, it it's gonna influence Barry and Iris a lot moving forward yeah. and how they grieve Nora because he is kind yeah. well to put it not so nicely. The monitor is kind of a dick. He's like, no, you don't have time for this. You have to save the world, Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone actually. We're going to talk about that when we when we do the comments. Uh, but someone actually suggested it might be the anti monitor instead of the monitor, since they are twins. Ooh, it would be quite oh. interesting. But but I do. I I did think like first off, I was so annoyed at the monitor because I was like, this is such a nice scene. Oh my god, we're getting a back hug. What if they even kiss this episode? Could you imagine? No, nope. monitor had to come in and be like, you're going to die. He ru- he he he, dest- he accidentally destroyed Nora's video message, which I'm like, I kind of was like did- accidentally. Yeah, sure. yeah. He's the- he's just petty because he can't have children. Um, but um, no, I. You know, it's kind of what's what's really interesting to me about this whole situation is the fact that Oliver, you know, um, d- made a deal to save, you know, so that he could save Barry and Car, and from but it's still kind of. Makes me wonder. Well, then why? How come that he's still being? He, why is he still here? Then and giving Barry this date that you know this is when you die, unless it is the anti monitor. Did he just go back on his word to Oliver? Like, 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 like that's what I'm like. Kind of like thinking, how does this work? Or well, I guess yeah. It, it is kind of confusing. It could be the anti monitor for that reason, or I mean, at the end he says the Flash must die. So maybe it's not him. Maybe it's a different Flash. Um, that would explain things. I could see. Yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise 
he's yeah maybe he's just a hater he's yeah i told all of that but <laughs> I he's just he's just a hater <laughs> i want to i want to see the as i want to be being petty i would love to see him being petty um like i don't know like just i don't know um <laughs> i don't know it would be funny as hell if he was like if he like if he was on twitter if he was like a shipper or something could you could you imagine what 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 would he be? What like? is he a shipper of? Iris and Eddie. He's mad that Eddie died, so he's like, Barry should die too. Could you imagine him being on Tumblr? I don't know. Tragically, no one is on Tumblr anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Reese, what about I, you? I do think it's interesting um, that they have introduced him so early into the season. It makes me kind of wonder just, I mean, we saw him at the end of last season, um, but it makes me wonder just how much he'll be popping in and out this season. If this was just kind of like a one-time thing to remind you, hey, don't forget that this is happening, or if it's going to really play a big role because not to skip ahead, we've also kind of established a different villain for this first half of the season. So I do wonder how much they're going to be pushing crisis throughout every episode. Well, it would entirely like, like a flash of the lightning next week. I mean, which is like the little issue. I think Barry dies in cry in the book. I'm like, Oh yeah, I think we're like, this is this again, because the flash, it was, was the show that kind of kicked off. And, you know, starting setting up crisis all the way back in 2014. So, I would say, like, I'm, I'm, there's probably going to be a lot of it in these next couple episodes while also giving us plenty of stuff uh, for this season alone. But, um, but yeah. Shall we move forward? Yes. Shall we do the B-plot? Yeah, Three, so... Would you like to take this away? Yeah, and I'll be very interested to hear what y'all think about this. Um, I still have very mixed feelings. Uh, so also on this episode, we saw a lot going on with Caitlin. Prior to the season, it was already teased that um, we would be seeing more of Killer Frost. Um, and in this episode, we see Caitlin kind of have these little accidents almost, like Killer Frost uh, acting out um, when she's at a funeral of a friend that we will talk more about later. Um, and another part where she almost dies, she's not really sure what's going on. And it's Ralph who figures out that Killer Frost is kind of acting out because she's wanting a life outside of Caitlyn. You know, she's kind of struggling with her identity as an individual. And I think this is a really interesting plot because, you know, in the comics, Killer Frost is not like kind of this dual identity that's very unique to the show. Um, and to have them kind of say, okay, we're going to give Killer Frost her life outside of Caitlyn, I think is a very interesting choice, um, just because the cast is already so big and you're already splitting screen time through so many characters. Um, so I'm very Hooray. interested to see kind of what the what the ratio is of Caitlyn to Killer Frost this season. Uh, we also see saw her new very cool costume. Yes. Um, which is exciting, but I'm very interested to hear what y'all think about this whole... Killer Frost is a very separate person from Caitlyn. Yeah, I mean, for me, it seems like, first, just to say, like, how much Caitlyn we see, the way that they've introduced it and the way that they have a whole episode setting it up makes you feel like it's going to be very little Caitlyn for a while, which is so, like, she's literally like, here, have a chance at life. 
which I'm, which is so strange. Because like you're saying, like yeah, like it's like saying Ross and Caitlin are literally two different that have to share a body. Um, and that's never been how they've explained it before. But then again, to be fair, they've explained it a different way every season. So if this is how Eric wants to do it, I guess that's fine. It just, it just feels like the writer's like, I just don't really like Caitlyn. I just want to talk about Killer Frost from dead and then just put Killer Frost out there. Um, on the other hand, I do think that it's a nice, like, change of pace for her, right? Like, I feel like every time they want to give her a story, it always ends up being, my powers are, you know, whatever. Or I've lost Killer Frost. Or I've found Killer Frost. So this time it's like, I'm voluntarily letting Killer Frost take over. Which will be interesting um i i liked i liked how they've gotten to a place where they really just can communicate um and like really understand each other and like are supportive of each other um i just don't know what this means for caitlin's development i think it's a little bit weird i don't know why they don't even try to find like a way to put killer frost in her own body if she really is like an autonomous person she should have her own body And I'm sure Cisco could do it. Yeah, what do you think about this, Andy? I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. It. I mean, it, I mean, I understand. I absolutely understand where she, is, where she's coming from, and what she like, what she wants to do, and so on. And you know, it's it's been definitely, you know, it's been tricky for this show, you know, dealing with killer virus. So uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I will say that I've never had as much problem with it as some others have. You know, because I'm like, okay, it's to me, it's not that difficult. I don't understand why. This is something that people are constantly getting their, their 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 eyes at, but um, uh, but I, I'm kind of excited to see what this is gonna do. You know, it's kind of what I could kind of see, kind of see this being is kind of what they did. You know, how they did Firestorm. You know, with because I don't expect Caitlyn to just be quiet for the next you know five mm-hmm. six episodes. I expect her to kind of be almost like the sign to to to, to kill off Ross's Ronnie and where she kind of you know you will hear her you will hear maybe advising Caitlyn or whatever so I don't think she's going to be fully gone um because I kind of I, I mean you know, as much as I love Caitlyn I do want to see more kill off Ross and I think this is going to be a more a very fun dynamic to see what will happen um and how this will change things up um I I love her new costume but it was amazing. I'm happy she has one finally. It's that it's, it looks like she's gonna finally stick to. Because man, this girl has had so many costume options, and, and they just never stuck to. It. But this one is the perfect one. And it is a fun costume. I agree. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see to see what's coming up for her this season, and how this kind of you know how this go. You know what what things will look like after prizes and so on. Um, Breeze, How about you, Breeze? What uh, were your complicated feelings? Yeah, what were your oh my god? Don't just assume. She said she had. She said she had mixed feelings. But, but, <laughs> no, I think it is just that matter of Caitlyn just giving up her life for this. It's just such a weird relationship to me. To Tatiana's earlier point, like, can't they find a way to separate them if they want to treat them as autonomous beings? Um, which I guess then you kind of 
eliminate Caitlyn's role in the show. I don't know. It's just, just so weird. It's like, does Caitlyn have so little to live for that she's just willing to hand over the driver's <laughs> seat to her alter ego? Like, exactly. it's kind of sad. And then what's going to happen when, like, when she walks it back, right? Like, sorry, Kilfrod, you're done. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is not like a Hulk situation where it's like, you know, he's not like a cognizant of what he's doing. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so bizarre to me. I, I trust the writers that they know what they're doing, but I'm just very skeptical. Well, let's let's go forward. Uh, what we we also have. Um, so one of them, the the I wouldn't say the villain of the week because he wasn't really a villain, but they uh, and it's kind of a very cool little. It kind of goes very far back in Flash comics, but um. Brandon McKnight plays um, a character named Chester P. Runk, who is a very old school Flash character. He, um, I remember, I, 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 I saw maybe him in like one issue, but he, uh, he makes it, he makes an appearance in the episode, and he is somehow causing these black holes to show up, which I thought, from a visual VFX standpoint, was amazing. You know, and that you know, I mean that. Right. And, yeah. And I didn't expect. I, I I didn't expect anything less because Arm Kevorkian and Team Encore are always killing it. I mean, I I think there was this was one of their be- best visual episodes because you know there was so much there were so many good sequences with Barry in action, and you know like when he was running so across buildings and through the city and whatnot. So I thought that was really cool, um. But we we see these black holes constantly showing up and so on. So what did Taddy? What did you think of this? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say not villain. Villain. Like, yeah, but like this this, this obstacle. <laughs> this problem that this had ob- to be solved. This obstacle. <laughs> there you go. This obstacle. I really enjoyed it. I really liked Chester. Like once they introduced him as a character, I was like, "What a nice guy! He seems so much fun." And I love the idea that there can be issues that need to be resolved that aren't just a meta running amok with their crazy powers that make them bad. Because I do think it's a little bit off-putting that, like, almost always the only metas we see are, like, either the main guys or villains, right? And if they're good guys or, like, misunderstood villains, then they, like, die an episode later. So it's nice that some issues are not meta-related specifically. And if you've got a bunch of people in this town who somehow have amazing, futuristic, super scientific knowledge, like Cisco, um, but don't always have the resources of Cisco, they might end up creating black holes by accident and separating their consciousness from their body so yeah i really enjoyed it i love the musical moment that we have to talk about right flash gordon theme song oh my perfect God. Six, or the song for the flash Gordon movie six years of waiting so freaking worth it yeah <laughs> that was really fun um but yeah i think that overall um this was really good like i already said i liked that iris was like involved in in finding him and and I think that a friend of mine pointed this out, and I noticed it when I was watching as well. It's kind of a maybe a hint of what might happen with crisis. Like we know, it the screening of the of the premiere. Eric said that they would touch on the storyline of Iris being from the 30th century, but not necessarily in the way that it is in the comics, right? And now we've learned that you can separate your body from your consciousness, such as Godspeed randomly having little clones in his body without any brain in the present, right? Um, so what if, you know, when Barry dies, he doesn't necessarily die, he has separated from his consciousness the way that Iris was in the comic. Breeze, what about you? What did you think about this? 
Yeah, so I agree with Tatiana that it was a nice change of pace that not every storyline needs to be about an evil meta. Like, sometimes it can just be about the weird and wacky stuff going on in Central City. I also thought, um, I mean, I will say in general, I didn't find the whole um, issue they had to solve that engaging, but I liked how they used it as a way to kind of get Barry to face some of his emotions. Like, you know, when Cisco suggests that maybe they aren't able to save him, Barry kind of snaps and says, you know, I'm not losing anyone else. It kind of forces him to, I think, confront some of those things. So I think in that way, it was a nice storytelling tool. Yeah, for me, like I like I said, I, the, what I the reason I respond so well to to this quote unquote threat, if you want to call it, is because it wasn't you know some do, evil dude one. I thought he was actually really funny because you know he was you know an online streamer, you know kind of like you know because you know, that's what people do now these days. They stream a lot of things, and and I thought it was just I thought he was just really funny. I thought the actor was extremely charismatic, and I. You know, again, I thought it was just you know it was a ref- it was refreshing, and which goes to show you know what what uh, what can happen, you know with you know when you get some new blood to re- to you know to run the show because you know I and no offense to Todd Helby, but like it, I could have easily seen him having done this kind of story as as. You know, like he's, you know, it is an evil dude, you know, that has power that was right. Like the girl from Jitters said no to him, so he opened a black hole. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, but, but you know, the show is growing up; it's doing different things and so on. So I'm, um, I, I, I really enjoy. It. Again, I mean, I, I really love this episode. I, this was like my favorite season premiere, like maybe more so than last year. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm still eating this whole episode up, um. But but yeah, the Flash Gordon moment was just ugh. I start I could not stop laughing, and not because I, I mean, the song is awesome. I just thought it was just so incredible that this didn't get leaked somehow, and so I'm really happy that we we finally got this moment. And I loved Iris like, really Cisco. And he's, he's like what? Like he's save he is stopping a black hole, and she goes silent, and then she goes, good point. Like she's she doesn't even fight it. She embraces it. Um, the Godspeed thing. That yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wonder if it's. I don't know if the Godspeed thing is necessarily over, because I don't. I don't know if it was. How do I put this? Because it didn't seem like it was connected to the black hole thing. It seemed like that based on what they were telling us in the episode, throughout the summer, four versions of Godspeed, random face says. They didn't have any language skills or whatnot, but only did that weird noise. I just, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily the end of it. Um, I don't think he's going to be the sick. I don't think Godspeed is coming back as a big bad for the second half of the season. But I don't, I think there is something, I still think there's something to address here later on. So, but, but I, lo- I still love the Godspeed costume so much. I'm kind of like, oh, it's, it's kind of cool they have a way of still using it. But uh, but let's get to the other big thing that happened in this episode, which was the um, the introduction of uh, I, I'm so excited I get to say this, said Hilmer Murphy as Ramsey Russo, aka Bloodwork. Bloodwork. Yeah. 
I, I, I still cannot believe that we finally got him on the show. And, you know, because again, I've been waiting for almost three years now, two, three years now, to get him to come on as any character. And now, here we go. And he was just so damn good. So, Bree, I want to start with you. What did you think about his introduction, his connection with Tatiana, with, uh, with Tatiana, I mean, with, with Caitlin? Yes, with Tatiana. <laughs> We're married. Okay, anyway. Uh, and what do you think, uh, what do you think about uh, his final scene? Yeah, so I think it's really interesting the way they approach this because we knew coming into the season that he would be a friend of Caitlyn's. I think they could have played it out a little longer before he showed his true colors. He very quickly kind of said, you know, I just want the dark matter from you. Like, I don't really care about you as a person, which is kind of rough um, for Caitlyn. I don't think she has any friends outside of Star Labs. But, um, <laughs> now, hold, but now, I hold really... On. She has she Felicity and you know, all the people in Central City. I mean, National is Felicity dead or whatever? <laughs> One era. Um, she's well in the present. She's just hiding in a cabin in the woods. In the future, she's gone to the Great Beyond to be with Oliver. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Well, maybe she writes uh, Caitlin some letters from the cabin. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I really en- I did enjoy his character. I think it's very interesting kind of his motivations um i like that he has a you know a scientific background i mean it's kind of obvious from the get-go that this his little experiment is not going to turn out well do they ever turn out well in the city um it's but I, dark I think he's, matter for a reason girl i think he's a very uh, engaging character a very engaging actor and i'm interested to see him act interact with more of team flash so far we've only seen him with caitlin and Taddy, what about you? Um, what about me? I really liked the introduction of him. I like that it's like a straightforward, you know, hello, I'm Ramsey Rosso, or however you say my last name. Uh, this is my motivation, and this is my plan. Like, he literally tells Caitlin this is his plan, her plan, his plan, right? He thinks it's a great idea because villains don't necessarily think they're villains, right? He's just a dude who thinks it's a great idea. And Caitlin's like, no, this is a terrible idea. Please don't do that. And he's like, mm. I'm gonna do it. So, so we see a villain, a villain origin story, without needing to deal with like the subterfuge of like, oh, my name is Julian Albert. Just kidding. I'm actually, you know, I can't remember the name of his fake person who was not even that. Whatever. Dr. You know what Dr. Oncoming. Yes, yes. Or like, oh, oh, we're looking for Cicada. Just kidding. It's not that person. It's Orlin Dwyer. Just kidding. It's his niece, etc. So we just immediately straightforward right into the story. We understand. He injected himself with the dark matter, and that can mess with the cell. Now we'll see how he reacts to it and what he does because of it. So it was just nice and simple, um, which I think is necessary for eight episodes. Exactly, and that's what I was gonna—I was gonna say—is that because we're we're finally going into this new format now for the Flash, which is you know we're gonna have two different big bads in the respective half of the season. You know, I think I thought this was a perfect way to kind of just establish from the get-go this is what he wants this is what he is this is what he's gonna do and because you know you know when when you when you do when you when you do a story like this that's only that's only gonna last for like seven eight episodes then you know it's good to just you get get your kick it kick this off from the get-go um i don't think he's necessarily gonna you know have a big part next week because of uh what happens with uh, with barry demon at the end but I think they, I can pretty much see it right now. Like when we get to episode eight, that I feel we're 
I, I would not be surprised if we're all, in one way or another, very satisfied with how they did blood work as we go into Crisis. And I'm... No, Sentinel was just so... Again, I, I, I guess it's been a while since I saw him in anything. But, like, just being reminded of how charismatic he is and how, how, how capturing he is as an actor. Because, like, again, this dude could freaking read the freaking phone book to me and I would just be like, I will go with you anywhere. Like yes, if it, yeah, you, you, <laughs> that's true. He is very charismatic. You need to, you need someone to experiment on. I will. Ha- I mean, I I will become Jennifer Lawrence when Hungarian, but I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> um, um he, but yeah, but he's amazing. I'm so happy he's on the show, and I think he's gonna, you know, like we said in our character spotlight, Bloodwork isn't you know necessarily the biggest character in the Flash Rose Gallery, but I think Sandhill is gonna. Like, people will know the name Bloodwork more in terms of the Flash, mm-hmm. in terms of Flash terms, after we've seen Set Hill uh, throughout the season, and I'm, um, I'm kind of just to see how because you know now that Caitlin is kind of you know taking a hiatus and Caitlin Ross is now more in action, I wonder what that will do between the two because he's I mean I'm sure he's still gonna approach her. He's gonna be like, I mean first he's gonna be like yeah. what's up with the white hair. Who are are you, Caitlin? I mean, I guess you are because you kind of look like her, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of just that's kind of really. Oh wait, hold on. She just left right as he started to go nuts. So yeah, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, is there anything else you guys want to discuss? Um, in this episode, there was, I mean, there we there was a couple. You know, we had you know cute Camilla and Cisco moments. Uh, Ralph is still looking for Sue. And his return from Opal City in that suit, I'm like, oh boy. Uh, I, okay, I love, I love that they kept dropping like the more devoted. Like Ross has never been more devoted to to uh, to anything than he has been to finding Sue. I thought that was great because you know he will be devoted to Sue, so it's great. The only thing I wish and I know that we couldn't because time and also Ralph is not very important. Sorry, Ralph. Um, is if we had actually seen him, you know, meeting Sue's parents, so that we could see what. In what made him want to uh, look for her so badly, or even seen a scene of him enjoying himself so much in that world, which is her world. That's how he's looking for her, and he's loving that, you know. Which is also a sign of what would be to come that he would actually want to be a part of that. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of an interesting scene. He's like, "Oh, I looked at her parents," and then he's like, "So what's up, guys?" Like he just kind of played <laughs> it off, which is a very Ralph thing to do. Yeah. Well, the reason I I think that we didn't see her parents is because they haven't cast her yet. I don't think. Right. They don't want to exactly. They don't want to show what, you know, she might look like. So I totally understand that. But it does. Like I feel like it would be. It would. It would make it more meaningful. But they're not really concerned about making Ralph's story meaningful at the moment. And I'm sure they can just pick that up when they do have a zoo. So. I mean, it's probably which they do now. It's going to be an important story throughout the season. But it's like this season is right now all about crisis. Yes. And about Barry Allen's destiny. So, you know, like, there's, exactly. Like, any other story that isn't, that isn't about crisis, I mean, like, that's not the age, it's not going to be, like, the, you know, the the main driving plot throughout the season. And, you know, like, yes, I'm as excited as I am for Iris's journalistic journey to go forward and seeing how Killer Ross is going to, you know, do in terms of building herself a life and Cisco not being, not being vibe anymore and Ralph looking for Sue. Those are all great stories, but, like, it's, you know, it's all. In in a way, it's you know it's it's gonna be you know, but you know it's I don't want to say secondary, but it's not like it's not the main thing of this season, right? Right. 
But um, but anyway, so what? Any final thoughts about the premiere before we go to feedback? Yeah. Uh, I would say the two things outside what we've already discussed that I really loved. I love the cookout at the beginning. I thought it was. Yes. I know Eric Wallace promised us more like family time and just seeing them hang out. I just thought it was perfect, and they were eating like real cookout food instead of like yes. Grandma Esther's noodles. <laughs> I think that yes. there's a lot in the writing. Um, and I also love seeing Cisco just kind of be his old self instead of a, a grumpy Gus all the time because he hates mm-hmm. his powers. I'm glad to see him more lighthearted again. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice to see Camilla being a good match for him too. I'm glad that she that she's on in she's she's in on the secrets. She like she knows what's going yeah. on. Like you know when yeah. we when we first see her in the premiere she's kind of like, "Well, how come every time I show up here you guys are always in a crisis?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, you had to say that word." And let's start a, let's start a drinking game by the way. Like how many times will we hear the word crisis before <sighs> episode 9? <laughs> a lot. We'll be very drunk in uh, one episode, I'm sure. Tally, what about you? Do you have any final thoughts about the premiere? No, I, I think that y'all have covered them all. Okay. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, this was, I, you know, I was already excited for this episode, you know, because, uh, I mean, for, because, because of so many reasons, you know, because of, because mm-hmm. of Ramsey Russo, because of Eric Wallace now leading the show as a showrunner, and, you know, because of the build-up to Christ said, but, you know, it the way I felt about this episode was kind of like how I felt about tuning in for you know, an episode of season one. You know, all like you know, like I made you know I, I made I made sure that I had nothing going on on Tuesday night other than just focusing on mm, the flash. appointment television. Well, my, I mean, like hey. look, I love. I mean, I've been doing that for the past couple of seasons. So, but like yeah. this one, I'm like, okay, I am just so ready for this season, and I it lived right. up, it lived up to all my expectations. So, oh, I forgot. There has to be one negative point. So my negative point. Oh my God. Is that Jenna Jenna was napping all season or all episode? She's napping through the whole lunch, and then she's never woke up. Um, so I hope that we see Jenna again someday. Is that well? I mean, maybe I mean, when she's like five years old. With, when exactly. they eat her up. with that being said, I have to run into a screening, so I will uh, gift my tweets, my tweet reading to Andy, and I'll see you guys later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, Tessiana. Uh So here we are. Um, uh, don't worry. The next week, she—I don't think she has. As we next week, so she um, scheduling has been, uh, can be a little bit tricky this season, y'all. So we are, you know, but we want to make sure that we still get you guys an episode and and with as many of us as possible. So, but uh, but Brisa, we we can we we can we'll kick we'll kick ass with this. So um no, but again, five out of five. My one of my, my it's like my favorite premiere since you know the if I had to I I recently did a list for screen rent of ranking all the premieres and the pilot and the the. This season premiere are pretty much tied with Into the Void getting the number one spot because it just shows how much the show has grown in six years, and I, you know, it's, you know, because we, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to say that the Flash has had it. It's been going through the motions a little bit since since season three, and I think that season four or five was really, they were really, really good at kind of you know. Getting mostly back to status quo, but I think with this premiere, I feel like it feels like an, it feels like a little bit of a new show. It feels like we're finally seeing these characters gr- growing up. Um, <clears throat> sorry, and also just you know, go you know, because you know, look, it's not you know the longer a show goes, the you know the more mature and evolved a character gets, 
And, you know, and this season is going to, you know, it's bigger than ever because of, I mean, primarily because of crisis. And so, so there's that. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I've already rewatched this episode three times. I might rewatch it a fourth time before I go to bed tonight because it was just, it, it, it just, it just, it was just so good. Um, I just, you know, like I, there was nothing like, nothing really annoyed me, nothing really bothered me, anything like that. I, I just, you know, I had a good time, and it was, it was fun, live tweeting with everyone again, and so on, and I can also tell you guys, this season, that we're actually going to do, um, this is beginning, and not, not because I, you know, have lost interest in anything like that, and so, but I think, you know, I think it'd be fun for our listeners and the followers on the Flash Podcast Twitter to kind of get to engage with us all a little bit more this season, so, uh, we're actually going to be taking turns in live tweeting each episode, so I think next week is... Um, I think it's Tatiana's turn, and then it'll be Breeze, and then it'll be back to me. But um, but yeah. So let's let's get in some feedback. Um, Breeze, uh, I can uh, I can start with the tweets, and we had we had tons of responses, y'all. So guys, thank you so much for 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 that because we always love reading your feedback on the show. So starting up from our from our buddy Chris Barnes Art at Chris Barnes Art, amazing. Flash is always the best DC show on TV. I I mean, how can I how can I disagree with that? Um, I might be biased though. So, uh, there you go. At Kelly twenty four fifty seven, amazing premiere. The show feels new and more mature, which is a, a a much welcome change. I'm so pleased that they chose to address Iris and Barry's grief over Nora instead of sweeping it under the rug. Grant and Canada gave gave top notch performances, and I'm high for season six. At Isaiah Stevens, great start to the season. I like the direction for each character so far, especially Baron Iris. Their storyline was so well done. At K- K- Casey Lyle one says, Frost looked great. I love everything except the flash flying through the space bed. Overall, a great start to the season. I thought that was like that was awesome. It kind of gave me a little bit of a Superman feel for a second because you know I know Grant is such a huge Superman fan. So I, I kind of like, oh, because you know when he, when he, when he's you know holding up, you know when he's posing his arm like that, so it kind of gave me a Superman vibe for a second. But oh well, at uh, Rachel Joy twenty three, which I believe is new Rachel, uh, says a really good start. If only a certain other DCCW show had a showrunner who cared about balancing character moments with each cast member and plot point first, but as I'm gonna reread this. If only a certain other DCCW show had a showrunner who cared about balancing character moments for each cast member and plot points as much as Eric as Eric Wallace does. Now, Breeze, what show do you think she's referring to? I don't watch all the DCCW shows, so I don't want to guess if she wants to uh, tweet at us and clarify it, if she wants to keep it um, vague. She's okay. welcome to do that, too. That's fair. I'm very nervous about Crisis, but I can't. I can't wait to see how the season goes. Also, I'm glad at least the show respects their cat and con relationship. West Island. Okay, was- now we know who she's talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> West Island was great as they usually are. I really enjoyed Cisco and Iris working together. Ralph was still good, and I can't wait to see Sue. And I think I missed where Barry's new suit came from. Yeah, let's discuss that because I could not for love of me figure out where. That came in because I feel like in the trailer for Comic Con, or at least some trailer for the premiere, 
you hear Cisco say something in the um in the veins of the suit this the new suit is done. Yeah, I missed that also. I'm not sure. I know I know they explicitly say something about Caitlin's new suit, so I don't know. Yeah. But I miss where they said about there. Yeah, I can um I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe it, it it ended up being cut from the episode because of time because you know, like there's only so much you can do with four or two minutes, so um both of that will get clarified. Uh, at Cal underscore seventy six says, "Good start of season six. Very slow at the beginning of the episode, and it was raising, but not to put the scream in the sky. The best was at the end with the appearance of the monitor. Crash I cries on infinite nerves." At Mystique Celeste says, "I love that you could feel Baron Isaac's grief and pain, Kayla's worry about what was up with Frost, and Cisco's slight regret at not being vibe. Intense, fun, sad. All things that make fl- the Flash the Flash." And then at Headphone Pete says, The new show at E-Road, Eric Wallace, made a big splash right out of the gate. Good story, pacing and visual effects, and a nice repurposing of the Queen's song from from the Flash Gordon movie. (laughs) Yes. And last but not least, we have at Hero underscore of underscore Hyrule Zero. I really appreciate the episode, but I personally think the monitor we saw, I think that's the anti-monitor. I think he's trying to screw with them. I also think the Barry from Earth-90 will die, not this Barry. Yeah, this was the one that Tyana was uh, alluding to before she left. I... It would be really hard for me to see them actually killing off Barry, like, our Barry, and then we us having to spend episodes in the second half of the season trying to get him back somehow, because, you know, like, th- I mean, th- he's not gonna... If he dies, and I'm saying it, it, as a big if, he's not gonna be dead for long. But then again, I think I don't think he's the one who's gonna die. I do think it's John with the ship's flash who will die. Um and I think, you know, like like Taddy said, uh, or maybe it was you Breeze, but you know, with, with the monitor saying that the flash must die, maybe that's up for interpretation of whether or not it it actually has to be this barrier or if it could be any flash. So so there you go. But those are our tweets, so I'm going to hand over to, to Breeze for our email. So what did our listeners in the email section have to say about this episode, Breeze? Yeah, we got a lot of responses over email as well. First from Sean. He writes, hey guys, the first episode felt a little filler, which I kind of agree with. But I get it because they also have to set up the vibe, no pun intended, for the whole season and crossover too, what they're doing with the direction of Caitlin slash Killer Frost seems very interesting, and it looks like they might actually do her character right this season. It's cool to see them actually show the conversations they have with each other instead of Caitlin just telling the team the highlights of them. That's an interesting point. But also, does is it me, or are they really discrediting Godspeed like he's the fake news of all the villains they could have? I feel like his scene in the episode was the writer saying to fans, okay, quick com- We'll put him in one more episode. I roll emoji. Oh well. Anyway, it's good to see that Bloodwork seems to have an IQ above 25. Unlike oh my god! <laughs> this is savage. Sean, uh, please continue to write in this season. How you feel? Um, uh, that, that's all for now. And I love the podcast as always. Well, thank you for that, Sean. I just want to address a few things that he said in, in that. Um, I don't see how this episode was a fellow episode because. Th- a season premiere is meant to introduce new storylines to kick off mm-hmm. new friends. Um, 
a filler episode. I could kind of see the the villain part of it being a little filler because as we discussed, it's you know a little different than usual. But I agree, the rest of it is setting up the season. Well, I would say I I don't know I I would say because filler because because so many people. Uh, are now using the word filler as something very negative. I like to say standalone a little bit if if it doesn't if it doesn't necessarily fit into the main story of the season. That's fine, but the thing is, I feel like this you know these shows, all these shows, they always do you know want to make sure that there is some adventures going on while also giving us all these all these big stories that are going on. For our characters, so I I don't think it was very filler. In terms of Godspeed, I I think there's a reason why we should look into the, the whole notion of that there's been four of them showing up for the past few months. I don't think they just put it in there just because you know because fanboys and wanted to see him one more time. So no no, they produce a costume which. Sit down for this because this one might shock you. Actually, cost money. They just don't. They don't just do things because oh, because we can. No, like if, the, if I'm sure that if if um, if they put if they put this mystery in this, into this episode, there's a reason for that. We may not get answers right away, but that's the point of a season of television. You don't get all the answers you want in just one episode. You have to actually tune in. That's you know you, you know each episode eventually develops that and and goes further with it. So yeah, I don't think they just did it because you know quick complaint we'll put him in one more episode. No, Godspeed is Godspeed, yo. Um, <laughs> yeah, the cicada, the the IQ about about twenty five. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that that was good. That was really good. All right, go on, breathe. Sorry. Okay, so Chaos, sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, it's spelled K-A-Y-O-S-S. Hello, Flash Podcast, glad that you're back, thank you. I have to say, I honestly can't wait for the Crisis crossover. I don't know if this might put me in the minority, but I'm actually okay with some of the worlds staying separated, mostly because I don't want to wonder how one major storyline from one show is going to affect the other. I don't want to wonder why Supergirl couldn't help out the Flash with the black hole. Also, I like the Godspeed cameo, but I guess we should have known that something was wrong with Godspeed when Barry beat him on his own so easily. Oh now, on to, <laughs> now on to my real question. I don't know if you know or brought this up already, but Freeform's Cloak and Dagger and Hulu's Runaways are having a crossover with a streaming service TV show crossover happening do you think this could open the doors for a CWDC streaming service crossover to happen down the road? So she's asking, could the CW shows crossover with the DC Universe shows? Um, I think maybe. I know, I think the CW streaming rights are no longer with Netflix. I think they're going to be on HBO Max or whatever it is WB is doing. Mm-hmm. So with that, I think it would make probably more sense if all the old seasons are going to be on that service anyway. So I, I don't think we'll see it anytime soon, but I would never say never. What do you think, Andy? Oh, it's, not, it's one of those, another one of those where Andy has to be careful what he says. Um, I mean, DC Universe is owned by Warner Brothers. The CW is co-owned by Warner Brothers. A lot of the shows on DC Universe right now is produced by Greg Berlanti. All the DCCW shows are produced by Greg Blanting. 
So I would say anything's possible. There you go. So we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, Melody writes, all I will say is I loved it. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation point. The show has a fresh new feel to it, and I credit that to Eric Wallace. I'm excited about this season, and that hasn't happened in a very long time. Also, Candace Patton killed it. Although I'm not invested in Caitlin Killer-Frost, I didn't hate her subplot. I like Ramsey Worso, and the actor is amazing. Loved all the other plots of the other characters, Cisco, Camilla, Joe, and Cecile, and even Ralph. Even Ralph. Uh, <laughs> I, I've really come to Ralph, come around on Ralph the I love past him. few seasons. He's my baby. Like When he showed up in that suit today, I'm like, oh, good lord. <laughs> All right, uh, Frank writes it, and this is our last letter. I just want to say that Flash Gordon callback was life. Why is this the first time that we are hearing this? Now I want Flash Gordon to be the Flash of Earthming. LOL, bad joke, I know. I don't get that joke. I've never seen the movie. Um, anyway, my big takeaway is Ralph visiting Opal City. Does that mean that we get Ted Knight in the legacy of Starman? Last time I checked, Courtney is getting a show, so it's a possibility. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's a good point that we didn't uh, think of, which would also be a DC Universe crossover. Uh, thanks, guys. Let's hope this season is everything we hoped for. Yeah, I. You know, it's interesting to keep bringing up all these other decisions and so on, and because there, there's so many other heroes that they could explore that come from all these various cities that they keep referencing and visiting off screen. So, um, yeah, Ted Knight. I don't know. I don't think we're gonna see him, but. Again, I wouldn't, I mean, never say never anything. Is, I would say, you know, look at what they're doing with Cries on Infernerves. You know, if they can do all of that, I mean, good lord. It, it's not, it's, you should always say not, uh, never say never done. Um, but, but, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for, for tweeting in and emailing in all your thoughts and uh, questions about uh, the season. Remember, we always love hearing from you guys. So if you want to have your thoughts read on each episode, all you have to do once the episode is aired uh, on Tuesday, that you can tweet us at the Flash Podcast or email us at theflashpockets at gmail.com. And you can do it up till pretty much Wednesday afternoon because that's when we usually record. And then we will read as many as we have time for on the show. And it's, you know, I mean, it's been part of this podcast for six years now. So, of course, you know, the, the more we hear from you guys, the better. So, so thank you so much. But with that said, let's do some plugs. So, so please, where. Where are you on social media, and uh, where can they find you on your elsewhere? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Breeze Riley, um, and then I also write for themarvelreport.com along with uh, Andy and Tatiana, so you can check out some of my writing there. Yeah, she has some. I know you have some pretty exciting interviews coming up with. Uh, uh, coming out, I, I mean, because you you, you've done them already this boy with the cast of Runaways. So, um, I'm I'm jealous of you that you got to do it, but you know, but hey, but if anyone deserves to do it, it's you definitely. So I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, I kind of feel like that New York Comic Con kind of just came and went. Like, like I don't feel the after effect of New York Comic Con like you do with Stadio Comic Con. So it was it was odd. It was odd. So, um. So that's where you can find her. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Edward I also co-host the Titan slash Jupiter podcast along with the Sabrina podcast at TitansPodcast.com and SabrinaPodcast.com. So if you want to hear me talk about more comic book TV shows, that's where you can find me at. I also write for uh, a few sites, write mostly for Screen Rad. Uh, so there's a lot of, I have a lot of DC TV lists going, do- going down right now. So just uh, f- 
keep up with my Twitter and you will see all the latest ones. And I also run the Marvel together with Breeze, as you said. So if you like all things Marvel, go to themarvelreport.com. And yeah, that's where you that's where you can find me. But in terms of this podcast, and I will take um, I can take Tariana's uh, parts. Um, you can visit theflashpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, descriptions, as well as comic book reviews and more about the Flash. Uh, along with the latest episodes of the podcast, so go to theflashpodcast.com every week. There's always something going on. You can find the podcast on social media by simply going to at the Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. Uh, subscribe to the Flash Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five star reviews, as it's a great way to support the podcast. And be sure to let us know what you enjoy most about the Flash. You can listen to the Flash Podcast live on the Mixed Radio Network on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix.fm. And since Andrew isn't here, I can take, I can take this part as well. And you should check out, check out the entire DCT podcast now. We're, you know, now that all the shows are coming back, we're, you know, we're into full swing of things. So go to DCTpodcast.com where you can find amazing podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Letters Tomorrow, Black Lightning, classic DCTV shows, Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, and Watchmen. All at DCPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCPodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So there's, you know, all the shows are now all back. Batwoman has debuted. Watchmen is coming up. So there's, it's it's our it's our biggest season of all time. So there's just check out all the amazing podcasts. We have phenomenal hosts on all of these podcasts that we want you. To check out, you know, if you if you love the Flashpoint as, as much, you should definitely check out all the other shows because they're we're all part of the same family, and we um we're excited for the new season. So there you go. Uh, DC TV podcast has its own T Public store, so if you're interested in DC TV related merchandise, click on the link in the show notes. Get some awesome gear as it does support the network, so we continue to make these podcasts. Would it be appropriate of us to add Flash Gordon shirts to that store after this premiere? I, I think if we can come up with a fun design, uh, sure, why not? Let us uh, tweet at us if, if you'd be interested in those shirts. Yes, there we go. And last but not least, if you have questions, thoughts about the Flash, you can email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be it for our season six premiere of the Flash Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to having an amazing season with you guys and uh, with your tweets leading up to the crisis of Infinite Earth's crossover and just weekly discussions about what looks to be a really strong season. So tune in next week as we discuss episode two called A Flash of Lightning. You can find photos and the trailer uh, along with the description uh, on on our website. So if you want to get a little taste of what's to come but until then i'm andy b and i'm breeze and we will see you next time on the flash podcast